Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. I've been up extra long today. I don't have a gender check-in today. I usually do those on Monday. So this is an extra podcast episode, which is awesome. Okay, without further ado. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Genderful, a podcast talk show where we talk about gender and different topics and identities. My name is Gender Meowster. I'm your host. I use they, them pronouns. And our guest today is Logan, who uses he, him pronouns. Hi, Logan. Hey, hey, Meowster. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really glad you're here. Thanks so much for joining us today. You were you were just on the show a week ago doing the awesome Green Hollow premiere on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. That That's was so great. Yeah. Green, Green Hollow was really great. I'm very pleased to be back again. Hooray. I love it. So just as a note for folks watching live, this is an Ask Me Anything stream. So if you have any questions, you're welcome to either post them in the chat or go to the AMA channel in Discord, and one of the mods will filter your question and plunk it into our questions document. Today our topic is gender and tabletop games. Ooh. So, Logan, can we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, your name, your pronouns, your hobbies, maybe your hobbies around tabletop. What's, who are you for people who've never heard of the great Logan? <laughs> yes, I'm Logan, he, him pronouns. I'm an Australian trans queer man and a huge nerd is usually how I describe myself. Yeah, I, I'm a game designer. I design games for my work. And then last night I met one of my partner's friends and she was like, so what do you do outside of, outside of work games? And I was like, I'm not making games, I'm playing games. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's just games, it's just games all the way down, which is great fun. I also play a little bit of guitar uh, and read, but it's mostly games now that I've had to think about it. Um, a cat person, I just moved out of home for the first time, which is really exciting. From a house, my like my mom has always had a lot of animals, and then I moved in with my dad who has zero animals, and now I moved out with some housemates who have a dog and a cat and the cat is just so cuddly and smoochy quite nice and the dog is very just like perpetual puppy dog eyes very cute so i am i'm enjoying that i'm a bit more of a cat person dogs are great too yeah i also enjoy camping and going just being in nature especially forests forest landscapes just really i don't know make me feel things yeah and i would like to get better at gardening I like that. Is it fall where you are right now? It's spring where I am. Yes, we call it autumn. Okay. <laughs> autumn, currently. And it's been it's been like sunny during the day and then quite cold at night. Mm -hmm. Although this morning, so it's 11 a.m. where I am. And basically just before now, it's been raining all morning, light, lightly raining while the sun was still out. But now it's cleared up and it's quite sunny again. It's There are several hours where it's quite nice and then it gets really chilly. So, you know, it's nice weather when it's, it's nice when it's nice. I hear that. Awesome. 
I love it. Let's see. So you've told us a little bit about yourself. I love that so much. Is there anything else you want to say about Green Hollow before we dig into your relationship to gender? Yeah. Yeah, it's been really exciting having so Green Hollow is now in open beta. So you can just play it for free via Amble.studio, our website. And that's been really exciting and getting people talking about it and playing it and signing up, wanting to play, continuing running play tests. It seems that there are three projects that are suggestions for the for that you can play out in Green Hollow. And it seems the art studio making an art gallery is like far and away the most popular one. So that's quite interesting. It's nice to think that humans are wanting to create art. So that's nice. But yeah, just bringing out feelers and people interested in bringing Green Hollow into their workplaces, which is really exciting and potentially getting some work. Yeah, through that, which is pretty cool. And then, yeah, we've got like a bunch of other games up our sleeves that we're working on, which is also really exciting. I remember looking at the website for Amble Studios. Take it. Studio Singular. One, Studio Singular, one, yeah. One single, one, one single one studio. I was impressed with your website. You have a lot of cool cats on your team. Yeah, thanks. Really like, great oh, folks. Look um, at all these happy people. They're so cool. <laughs> yeah, we did that photo shoot. So the photos there, we did a Amble photo shoot day which was really cool. I'd never done a professional photo shoot before. And yeah, we did like some of those professional shots. Like we're all dressed up pretty fancy. I was wearing a suit. No, I, I didn't, I wasn't wearing the jacket, but yeah, I was wearing suit pants and this shirt and everything. And then we all got dressed up as like fairies and knights and like wizards and took photos in those costumes. So that was also really great. They'll pop up on the website somewhere. That's so awesome. And Paradox Satire has included a link to your studio and the game here in the chat. Hooray. Thank you very much. So helpful. I'll add it to the show notes too, so folks watching later or listening later also have a chance to check out your awesome things. And also, if I remember, it's so it's in beta and it's free to play. Yeah. Yep. And if we free want to, play, to give yeah. you money because we think you're cool, what do we do? You can now do that. You can give us money on Ko-Fi. So yeah, it's Ko-Fi mm. Amble Studio which can be found on our website. There's like buttons on our website and on our Twitter as well, which is the Amble Studio. There's, there's links to the Ko-Fi now in numerous places. That's awesome. I love that. There we go. I got it right. Okay, here's the link for that. Okay, let's... The cat has appeared. Never could he heard <laughs> you like cats. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Will you... Logan, will you tell us a little bit about like your experience and relationship with gender? Like, what was it like growing up? What was coming out like? I'm going to yeah. take a wild guess and say you might have had some HRT, and how has that been going for you? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I guess as a kid, yeah, I preferred dressing. And this is disclaimer, this is my own experience. This is not, you have to do this to be trans or yes. anything like that. Thank you for the reminder. Um, we like to tell folks no one person is a monolith of any of their identities. So the reason we will talk to a bunch of trans people about things is so we can get a diverse array of trans perspectives. 
which is why mm-hmm. we just yeah. keep talking about gender. This is episode 11 of talking about gender once more with feeling like <laughs> we just keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone's experience is different and totally. that's really valuable to everybody else. Totally. Um, but yeah, I guess as a kid, I like to dress like pretty masculinely. I didn't like skirts or dresses. And looking back now, I think when the color pink, I really disliked. And I think it was because of the way if you do these typically feminine things, you're treated as a as how society thinks feminine people should be treated and you're viewed as a girl and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that made me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, a place now where I have a very different view of my gender or I'm more comfortable in it. And so I'm like, yeah, I still probably wouldn't wear um, dresses. But yeah, I'm looking at maybe wearing skirts and exploring that. And I don't mind the color pink. I quite like the color purple, which is also feminine. But my favorite color. It's a good one. It's, a it's great really one. nice. I love it so much. Have you, yes, so good. <laughs> Have you considered like a salmon button up? Just a really dapper salmon button up shirt. I don't know. You reckon salmon would suit me? I don't know. I just, I, I saw one recently that. and I was like, salmon. What if it had like flamingos on it? It, it was like one of those patterns where it's like the, the print is this big and there's a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. And you just like a bunch of pink flamingos on a white shirt, maybe doing the one legged stand okay. thing. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, I immediately picture flamingos wearing sunglasses. I was thinking I that. I was totally thinking that in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Okay, we're on the same page here. Maybe if I see that shirt, I will keep an eye out. I'm going to write that down as a merch store idea for someday when we get around to all of the ideas. That's so funny. Uh, uh, that is quite funny. You write that down. I'll keep talking. Yeah, so <laughs> we always dress typically masculine, shorts and t-shirts and that kind of thing. One of my earliest memories around gender was when I was writing, there's a small one where I'm pretty sure I said to my mum at one point, oh, I wish I was a boy. And her response was like, oh, that's it. You can do anything a boy can do. You don't have to. I think her sort response the, was like, oh, yeah, feminist. Logan's feeling a lack of something. And yeah, trying to be encouraging because our society is um, getting better, but still quite sexist in a lot of ways. Like, oh, you throw a girl or yeah, that kind of thing. So she was probably, yeah, I don't, protect or remove those kinds of ideas and being like there's nothing wrong with being a girl girls can do everything that boys can do not realizing exactly where i was coming from parents do what what they can and then another memory i have is when i was riding up and down the street on my bike with i think it was my brother and maybe some of our neighbors the our street was like a court it was a dead end street so we could ride up and down there pretty often pretty safely and there was a child walking by with their parents who, as I rode past on my bike, pointed at me and asked their parents if I was a boy or a girl. And at the time that really excited me, I felt really elated at the thought that this kid might think I was a boy. And I just, I felt that feeling in my body and I didn't rationalize it in my mind what that meant. I didn't think too much about it. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm happy. I'm gonna ride with this. And then I tried explaining it to my mom. Later, I told her about this experience and that this kid might have thought that I was a boy and again her thing was like oh that's okay and she was like something bad had happened and she was trying to make it okay not realizing that and I was you really were excited like, something great has it. happened yeah like this is amazing she's like, oh no that's okay don't worry about it and I was like hang on that's not my response at all and I was just like really confused 
And I was like, oh, maybe I'm feeling the wrong thing. Maybe I shouldn't feel this. And so I just dropped it and didn't bring it up. Yeah. And then I went through a period of really trying to be a girl. And yeah, like after I thought there was a time where I thought that hitting puberty would make me a girl. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm, everyone feels this way. And then I'll hit puberty and then I'll be like the other girls. And then I'll like uh-huh. makeup and I'll like dresses and hormones will do this magical thing that will make me a girl. Love so I was quite... Hormones do a magical thing, but you have to have the right ones. Really <laughs> yeah. I wish you could see the scruff that's growing out of my face. I'm about two months into tea and it's just, I've got little peach fuzz everywhere that glistens in the sun. It's yeah. the cutest. I could actually see some like here when you like on a certain angle and the light was coming through, I could see some here. So yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Where was I? I don't remember. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Hormones. So I was actually quite excited for when my first period came, thinking that it was going to yeah, magically change me. And then it didn't. And I was like, ah, crap. So yeah, then I went through a bit of, ah, what's happening? And then I tried really hard to, to be a girl. Like, oh, maybe I'm not, because I was dressing quite masculinely. I was thinking maybe if I try and be feminine, then I'll actually really, I'm maybe not trying hard enough. So I went, yeah, I was wearing at a point yeah feminine clothes and skirts and things and I like went out and bought myself like pretty bras which is funny to say now but yeah it, it just didn't work nothing changed and then in high school when I was maybe 16 15 or 16 yeah I started first hearing the word transgender and I was like oh what's that it kept popping up in I think news stories or like on the internet on tumblr and things that I was on at the time and I was like, oh, what's that? So yeah, I went and Googled it and watched a bunch of YouTube videos. And I was like, this is me. There's a word. I love and that. it was just, my brain just exploded. I was like, wait, this is a thing you can do. And other people have done it and it's real. It was just very exciting. And I just went, yeah, watched so many YouTube videos, read articles, looked up like binders and STPs and hormones and top surgery, just the whole hog bottom surgery as well. Just like research everything and like just sponged up all the information that I could. Yeah, that was, it was really exciting. And we call that hatching before you're in egg mode and then you hatched. Yeah. (laughs) As a service announcement for the, those in chat who are showing up and saying things like, I just came out as trans a month ago. Hooray, congratulations. Welcome to the community. In the Meowster Discord server, the, the cloud of Meowsters, we have roles for questioning identities and also like solidly feeling like you're in an identity. And one of those things is gender. We also have neurodiversity, disability, the plurality, and questioning sexuality. If you are exploring and you want your little egg to hatch or you want to learn more, we've got a really strong meme game and you can come hang out and read memes honestly I realized I have ADHD by reading a bunch of ADHD memes and finding them to be too relatable (laughs) there was this really popular tweet that was going around a little while ago that was like either ADHD needs to be less relatable or I need to see a doctor and yeah just like memes are really concise ways of conveying information they really are they're an art form yeah And yeah, what you need is more information to, yeah, more information is how you learn things about anything, including yourself. Like I was never going to know that I was trans if I didn't know the word trans. 
they're not going to know you have ADHD or you're neurodiverse or plural or anything until you learn those words. And sometimes you learn those words through memes. It's okay. Totally. Okay. So you're egg hatched. You did all the research. You learned about all kinds of things. Is there more that you would like to share? Yeah. After that, yeah, I wanted to start doing all the things. I wanted to get a binder and save up for top surgery, change my name and start tea as soon as physically possible. And at the time, yeah, I was still like 16 or 17 at this point. So I was in Australia. You can't start any medical transition under 18 without parent permission. Not I even blockers. knew that I wasn't going to get that. No, not even, no, not blockers. Yeah, parents have to be on board for everything. Really awful. And by that time, I was like into like puberty by that point. So blockers probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have done much. Yeah. But yeah, and I knew that I wasn't going to get parent permission because my parents are, yeah, pretty conservative Christian. So that was a big source of fear for me coming out to them. And yeah, I started acting out and like hiding in my room and yeah, like my mom you picked up on it. You were a moody teen, Logan? I was wow. a bit, yeah. You're such a cheerful person now. It's like you self-actualized yeah. into your true self or something. It's Yeah, it's like I start being the real me and suddenly <laughs> like, yeah, I'm super happy. I love that for you. I'm really happy for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's, yeah, it's been quite a journey. But yeah, I started acting out and kind of culminated when in year 11, early year 11, so I would have been 17 uh, or 16, I I turned 17 at the end of the year. One of my, so there's an exchange student from Germany who came over and she was leaving to go back to Germany. And so we're throwing her a goodbye slumber party. And I had a crush on this exchange student, as you do. And yeah, I wanted to go to this slumber party and my mom said no. And I snuck out of the house and went anyway, which is the most rebellious thing I've ever done in my life. The only rebellious thing I've ever done in my life. That's not like transition related. And yeah, so I yeah snuck out and went to this party. When I came back the next morning, mom was like, okay, I know something's up. You need to tell me now. Yeah. And so I came out to her then, which wasn't, yeah, super on my own terms, but like unavoidable by that stage. Wait, hold on. So you came home from the slumber party and that's what happened? Or am I, did I not track the story very well? No, you got it. Yeah, I, I went to the slumber party, slept over, came back the next morning. And mom wow. yeah, confronted me, something's up, you need to tell me. And yeah, I came out, at the time I came out as bisexual and as not wanting to be a girl. And I think mom heard bisexual and I think maybe zoned out at that point. I think that was the maximum information she could take at that point. And I feel like not wanting to be a girl didn't really land with her at, at that point. Maybe she didn't hear, or maybe I, there's also a possibility that I just said it really quietly because I was terrified. Yeah. But for whatever reason, yeah, that part didn't get across. And then, yeah, she, soon after, from memory, she um, drove me over to my dad's house. My parents are divorced to tell him. So, yeah, also not super on my own terms, but felt unavoidable. And, yeah, sat down with him and at that point talked a bit more about trans, wanting to be trans. And I had a video of Benton Sorensen who doesn't really do YouTube videos anymore, but at the time he was, yeah, doing, he's a trans man in Canada, I think, who was doing videos on his experience of testosterone. And I had a video up of him and said, I want to be him. I want to do what he's doing. And got shut down, basically. I was like, nope, not doing that. And then I was forced to move schools 
uh, to a private Christian school, yeah, after term one, so it was quite abrupt. I was forced in the closet, I had to wear a girl's uniform, skirt in the winter, dress in the summer, wasn't allowed to tell anyone, and uh, yeah, it was really rough. I did actually end up, like, I was depressed at that point, and this is a school that I had actually been to for some of my primary school years. So there were folks there who still, who knew me. So I didn't even really get a fresh start there either. And so there were some folks there who knew me and were like, oh, something's up and are you okay? Kind of thing. And so I took one um, of these friends aside and yeah, told her, yeah, look, this is what's going on. Yeah, I'm trans and it kind of sucks right now. And she was really great. She's a medical student now so she was really interested in like the medical side of things like oh how does that even work oh what's testosterone do that's so fascinating that hormones can do that and was yeah quite like hyped up and excited for me and yeah it just seemed okay you're trans cool now we're just going to talk about it excitedly so that was really great for me at the time but yeah I wasn't out to any of the rest of our friend group until year 12 so the next year I didn't know any of the other people in that friend group at all before then, so I didn't really feel safe to come out to them. But then, yeah, I think we'd been friends for about a year or so, and this friend that I had told was like, yeah, look, the others can tell that something's up, that something's off, and some of them feel like you're hiding something from them, and I just wanted you to know that. And then, I, yeah, I felt bad. Like, I didn't want them to think that I didn't like them or something. So I wrote letters to everyone in that friend group and came out as transgender and as straight at the time. I thought I was a straight mm-hmm. man. Um, That's right. Because one of the questions I had written yeah. for us to discuss also was how has your sexuality changed over time? Because that's something I'm curious about in general is like how, as your personal identity shifts, all of these other pieces scoot around too. Yeah. So yeah, I came out as, as straight at the time and we can touch on sexuality a bit more as well. And I encourage all of my, my friends in that group to, yeah, if you need to talk to your parents about this, please do. If you, you know, have someone you can confide in or you want to ask questions, you can ask me, you can talk to other people. Didn't want them to have to keep it a secret because I had to keep it a secret and that sucked. But I had actually, I'd promised my mom when I moved to the school that I wouldn't tell anyone that I wouldn't come out. And then I came out. So breaking that promise. And she found out when one of my friend's mums talked to my mom. And yeah, mum was angry and she went actually around to that, that mum's house and apologized to that mum that I had burdened her child with this knowledge that I was trans. Yeah, mum had this whole thing about me telling other people was like a big burden on them, which I think is just a reflection on how it felt to her. Yeah, that, that sounds like it. unprocessed parent feelings. We're actually in the middle of next month, we're going to have my mom on to talk about stuff like that and how she got through it all. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be earlier in the day here, so it'll be hard for you to get to because it will be very early in the morning, but the VOD will be around. <laughs> and the I'll podcast the VOD, yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, my that mom wants good. to be on my show. That's so cool. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was some coming out. There was some people feeling like the coming out was a burden, which is just insert all the eye rolling here what next what else and what happened yeah then i graduated from high school survived high this school was all... survive. you can do it you yeah can do it high school can be rough it can be double rough when you're trans but you can make it yeah it's tough but someday like, you'll an be end. as there's handsome as logan maybe more handsome we don't maybe know. more handsome 
or beautiful or prancing. Yeah, That's my favorite Stunning. mixed up one. Is prancing, pretty and handsome Pransom. put together. Oh, prancing. Yeah. Oh, the transom. I like that too. Trans handsome. Nice. Yeah. We just coined a new word, everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> Actually, kind of. Like <laughs> Quick, everyone. Hashtag transom in the chat. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so then I graduated and that was like a big relief. I'd also been banned from speaking to any of my old high school friends while I was at the new school. Yes, yeah, so I couldn't message any of them. I was only allowed to correspond via letters mail to my best friend at the time. And those letters were often read by my dad before they were given to me. Yeah, which was the thing. But yeah, then I graduated high school and I like could talk to them again. And I messaged them. But there was still that, we hadn't talked to each other for two years, forcibly. So there was like, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. Like we haven't spoken for two years. So there was a bit of distance there, which like hurt. But we've, you know, reconnected since then, which has been really lovely. But yeah, so yeah, put the forms in to change my name. And that was all I could do at that point. Then I had to, I'd been seeing a psychologist all through year 11 and 12. My mom actually set me up with those psychologist appointments in drove me to them, which was really great for her to support me in that way, to take me to a psychologist that specialized in trans people, where, yeah, she could have just been like, no, we're not seeing a trans psychologist, as in a trans-friendly psychologist, the psychologist herself assists. But yeah, so I'm grateful for that, that she took me to that psychologist and also helped me book appointments with a psychiatrist, which you need to have seen a psychiatrist in order to get on hormones. Because don't psychiatrists have an MD? or equivalent yeah yeah they have the they can prescribe medication where psychologists can't and i think my mum was still hoping at that point that the psychiatrist would see me and say no you're not trans it's something else but it didn't happen the psychiatrist saw me and said yep he's trans <laughs> uh or didn't like look at me and say it but we had a couple of sessions over a number of months and i had to fill out some, like a weird questionnaire that is a little bit outdated but yeah, and then I had a session with my psych- with the psychiatrist and my mum, and then a separate one with the psychiatrist and my dad. And my dad is very, I, I like to think, lo- logical, rational kind of brain. So when he heard the psychiatrist say, yes, your son is trans, and by helping him along this journey, he's going to be happy, he was like, hmm, okay, professional said it, let's do it. After that point, he'd be very hesitant. He had been doing a lot of his own reading, a lot of books. Some of them were, yeah, about... By trans people some of them were about people who have detransitioned nothing wrong with detransition as well just who you are you learn more about yourself and you do what you need to and i think his fear was that i would do something permanent like top surgery and then regret it later and not be able to come back but once he heard this like i would just be like yeah if you help him take these steps he's gonna be happy he was like okay we're gonna do it and he set out a plan with dates in the calendar like on this date yeah. we're gonna tell um going to tell my aunt on this date we're going to tell my uncle on this date we're going to tell my nana wow and then it lined it up so that by my birthday at the end of that year everyone would know me as logan and we would sing happy birthday logan um, which is very nice just cries with joy for you that's the most wholesome thing i've heard all day (laughs) yeah that's what wholesome for my dad looks like it's very structured but it was great your dad sounds that's that's some good parent advocacy right there oh I'm totally crying yeah, quite That's oh. so awesome. Yeah. My When I wanted to change my name, I did a GoFundMe. And for my birthday, my dad threw 200 bucks in the GoFundMe for the name change. And I totally cried. 
if my parents support me, like getting rid of the name they gave me as a present when I was born is mm. pretty meaningful to me. So Yeah. That's cool. Way to go, dads. Have you done yeah, dad some... things with your dad? Play baseball or something? Throw That's a ball around, go fishing. Very but um, it is very very not really. Um, yeah, my dad like works a lot and has ever since I was a kid. We used to wrestle together. I have I have a number of siblings, and to me, my brother would like wrestle dad, and our sister would hide under dad, and we'd have to try and tickle her or climb over dad to get to her. And but that was when we were quite young, like under ten. But yeah, I haven't really done a lot with my dad since then we did like family things like day trips to theme parks and movies and that kind of thing and more recently while i was still living with him i would try to play games with him every now and then like chess and checkers and mancala and love letter which is a really good card game but yeah i think one thing that we did do together was after top surgery he was taking care of me you're a bit fragile after surgery yeah. And he would wash my hair because I couldn't reach my yeah. hair properly. Yep. That was very sweet. But we don't sweet. have any sort of regular activities that we do together. He's just, he's, he's always busy. He's always, yeah, probably a little bit overworked. That's a thing. That's a thing that can happen. I had a, a reduction surgery a couple of years ago now, and I thought I could tough it out and do it with my one friend. And then two weeks before I got real, real freaked out. I was, it was five years ago. So I was still in my mid twenties back, back then. And I told my mom I was scared and she actually flew out. She got like a last minute flight and flew out and was there for those first three days when it's real bad and did all the stuff. Cause I'd never had a major surgery before. I'm younger and fairly, I don't know. I haven't had any major catastrophic organ failure or anything. So I haven't had to have like a big surgery stuff. And so it was scary. It was like my first time going under like anesthesia besides basic dental stuff. And I won't get into details. I don't want to squick anybody, but it was just, it was really nice to have my parent there loving me and caring about me and affirming me. And yeah. So I love that your dad like took care of you and washed your hair. That's so cool. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, my mom had a bit of a longer journey. And I think what really helped for her was to see me happy, to see me go on this journey and for it to, yeah, for it to make me happy and for me to be more myself. Yeah, I think she also had fears. A lot of the, the resistance from my parents, at least, was around fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of me regretting it, fear of me getting hurt. Also, maybe some fear around other people like not accepting me, reflecting their own maybe lack of knowledge around trans folks. So yeah, my mom had a little bit of a longer journey, but she made it in the end. And yeah, now, yeah, name and pronouns is not even a thought anymore. It's yeah, just easy. That's Logan, he, him, whatever. Brother, son, and like my family is my extended cousins and family. They're all really good as well. I do have one. It's a funny story in hindsight. As I mentioned with my dad, we had like dates set up for me to tell everyone in, on his side of the family, including my Nana, who at the time was early 80s. She turned 86 like last week. So she would have been 80 or thereabouts at the time, maybe 79. And so I went up to, with dad, just the two of us went to her aged care facility. 
mm-hmm. and into her room and yeah just told her I tried to use plain language and dad was very like yeah just have to use plain language and no kind of lingo or fancy talk or even like modern slang she just won't she's not up to date on that kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah just told her and she was like interesting so what are you going to do about your genitals wow and I was like Nana, don't. <laughs> I just, I'm like, yeah. of all the people, <laughs> this 80 year old woman. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious in hindsight, but also must have been so overwhelming. <laughs> I was just like, and dad was like, Mum, now that's not really an appropriate question. I was like, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> Good job, dad. Yeah, saved me there. <laughs> and I was still quite young at the time, <laughs> hadn't started tea or anything. Uh... And I was just like, yeah. Just was not expecting that from her. Hashtag Nana. It's like three exclamation marks at least. Yeah. (laughs) All caps, three exclamation marks. Wow. That was what my... Nana. Um, She's she's never asked me anything like that again. That's... Wow. Thank you for bringing that story here. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I suppose the only other thing is my siblings. So I have... Three full siblings and two half siblings. And then as of two, three years ago, I also have two stepbrothers as well. So there's quite a lot of us. But yeah, we were all the original four, the OG four, I like to call us, the four that are full blood siblings. Yeah, we were all quite young when I was first coming out. So I was like 16, 17, 16 when I was coming out. So I had a brother who was 15 sister 13 and another brother 11 so we're quite young and yeah we were all still quite in the age where for us at least you hear your parents say something that must be true yeah you just go along with whatever your parents say and at the time my parents were like this is not a transition's not okay being trans is not okay and so that's just what they were like accepted and took on board and that was how they um, interacted with me at the time and it was really tough yeah my my brother the one who's just two years younger than me we were quite close and i'm quite close with my sister as well and yeah we used to stay up and watch tv shows before bed so we were the oldest two we could go to bed an hour later than the others mm-hmm. but yeah one day he said look you can do whatever you want but when i grow up and i have kids i don't want you to meet them and that like Whoa. that was really rough and like, we were quite young at this point so I think part of me hoped that in the decade or so that would pass before he would have children, that something would change. But yeah, that was tough to hear. But at the time I was like, okay, Sam, that's fair. You can make those choices for your kids. And now he's, oh, I am so sorry for saying that. That sucked. You're welcome to meet my future kids. Like, he's totally chill. And yeah, same with my sister. We had a pretty tense relationship because she's the only girl in the family. And I think that may have played some part in her perception of me becoming a boy and so our other two brothers they used to tease her quite a bit and in some ways still do but I think maybe there was a fear that I would start doing that and leave her by herself if I was to transition so there's a lot of fear there as well but now we're like super good and she's like a really great ally strong ally for me and we like yeah just chat about all sorts of things so now it's all chill it was like really rough and now it's really good. Big journey, but I'm very grateful to have stuck around for it and to have landed in a pretty great place now. I'm grateful for you taking the time to share your story with me. I feel like I haven't run into many trans masculine or trans man narratives in my life. 
I have a handful of friends who've told me pieces here and there, but I've, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to sit and listen, start to current. You're not finished yet. You still have many decades to live and genders to explore as life goes on. And you had mentioned maybe trying skirts or flowers or something at some point. But yeah, I thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your story with us today. I love it. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel complete on the gender and sexuality topics and want to move towards gender and games and game dev questions and all of that? Or is there more that you would mm -hmm. like to say on some of those other topics? I'll just quickly finish on the, the sexuality point there. So yeah, okay. at first I mentioned when I first came out to my mom, I came out as um, transgender and bisexual. And then when I came out to my friends in high school, I came out as transgender and straight. And then, yeah, when I was coming out as straight, I thought I was straight for a number of years. There was still a lot of like internalized homophobia in there that I was grappling with that I didn't really realize until only a couple of years ago when I was, yeah, it became pretty clear that I was also attracted to men. And yeah, I guess there was that, still that fear about how my family would perceive me because mm -hmm. going, going from a bi woman to a straight man is more acceptable in, you know, certain conservative Christian ideologies. Especially than, if you pass. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you yeah, pass as, as a man. And so that kind of felt like safe. Oh, I'm a straight man now. Like I'm acceptable. I fit in this box. And then, yeah, I now identify as pansexual and polyamorous. Nice. My family, I haven't really disclosed a lot about polyamory to my family, my extended family, because again, fear about how they will perceive me and my partner. But yeah, open as, as pansexual and pretty, yeah. If I see a cute boy on TV, I will say so. Mm. Well, happy Pan Visibility Day recently. Yes. Hey. Yep. <laughs> I was visible for one, that one day, and now I'm invisible again. So it's just my voice going into the ether. Duh. Anyone who wants to dig up the, the Pan Pride hand heart emotes that are global on Twitch, feel free to do so now. Oh, now it's a Pan Heart because I'm inside. There you go. That's right. You got it. I love that. All right, so our first first question from the audience. So Paradox Satire asks, how did you get started working in game dev? It's a field I'm planning on going into. Awesome, yeah. Cool, thanks for the question, Paradox Satire. So game dev, the specific game dev that I'm in is, yeah, tabletop game design. And at first I heard about Dungeons & Dragons. That was the first game that I heard about on Tumblr. I'm no longer on Tumblr. It seems like a lifetime ago. But yeah, then I started exploring that. I started playing that. That's how I met some of my found family and my partner. Amazing. Nice. And then I was on Twitter, I think, and I stumbled upon some indie game designers and the site itch.io, which hosts a lot of incredible indie games. And I just started scrolling through the physical games tag on itch. And there was just so much there, it blew my mind. Just the wealth of games and Dungeons and Dragons was my only experience. And it's thick, sort of 100 plus page book. That's quite, it's considered the easiest version of D and yet there's still quite a lot to it. And you've got your modifiers and your scores and your this or your this stats and you're rolling this dice for this weapon and this one's that, it's just so much. And then there are games on each like the entire game is one page. Those are my favorite ones. And that's the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Or there are games where 
to just one pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's or great. Green Hollow, where you um, don't even roll any die. If you enjoyed that that format, Meowstar, I highly recommend For the Queen, which is the original game that created that format. And also This Vineyard Will Be Our Salvation, which is based on For the Queen. But you play as ducks and geese. Nice. But yeah, so I just started looking at other games and expanded my idea of what a game could be. There's so much. And like D&D is for a very specific experience. It's fighty. If you want to, yeah, be a big hero and save the day and kill the bad guy, you play D&D. But what if you want to be really soft and show someone how much you love them? Or what if you want to feel like really cozy and play a game that makes you feel like you're drinking a hot chocolate with marshmallows in it? Those are so different experiences and whatever experience you want to feel. What if you want to just, what do you just, you just want to cry. You just want to cry. There's a game for that. What if you want to, yeah, fall in love and then have this, yeah, have a relationship with yourself. Play a game outside with the, with the land. There's, yeah, there's just so many other experiences that games can give you. And I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And yeah, just one, I think the first game that I finished was for a game jam on itch. So game jams are like little events where someone will come up with a theme or a mechanic or oh, for this game, just use cards or just use one die and have some prompts. And that can be really great to help you just spark ideas for a game. And that's what I did for my first finished game. And then I was just sat and thought, what kind of stories do I like? What kind of experiences do I want to play? And then I just started making games for them. And the best way to get better at designing games is just to make them and to read other games and play other games. It's great because you're playing other games, but that's also research to make you better at your own stuff. It's a win-win situation. So yeah, I just started playing more diverse indie games. And yeah, didn't even care. Yeah, you could play a tabletop game that doesn't use any dice. It uses cards. Well, there's no dice. There's no cards. It's just questions or it's drawing a map, or it's journaling, or it uses a Jenga tower. It could be anything. And just experiment with what do you love? What stories do you want to tell? What experience do you want to have at the table? And then just go from there. And there are a lot of great communities on, I've found pretty great communities on Twitter and also on lots of discords. Mm -hmm. If you want to have your work read over or um, you have questions or that kind of thing, yeah, there will often be people that also feel free to like just tag me on Twitter or message me on Twitter. I will read your thing. Your um, handle is at ink underscore and underscore stories. Ding, ding, ding. It's going in the show notes. Yeah, just start making. And yeah, for me at least, my first thing wasn't great. My second thing also wasn't great. And I tried some experimental things and they weren't necessarily great. But then you start getting better and you make like games that you're really proud of. And like... Sometimes other people will play them and they'll tell you that they like them. Yeah. It's wild. So my advice to how to get started is to just start making games and just put them up, even if you don't really like them, put them up. I would recommend making an itch.io page. It's pretty simple. Again, if you want tips or help, you can message me on Twitter. Just put it up there, even for $1 or pay what you want, mm -hmm. just to start getting a catalog of stuff up there so people can see that you are creating and that you enjoy what you're doing. And yeah, just start making and you will get better with time. I love that. What great advice that was. Wow. Don't forget to have fun with it. Don't Games. forget to have fun with it. Totally. You can have fun. 
People are following you on Twitter now. Hooray. Okay. So something that I've, that I know I experienced or went through is I created tabletop characters with names and pronouns and perhaps even genders that I wanted to try on before I was brave enough to do it in real life. And I would love to hear more about your experience of how you've explored gender and sexuality through games, tabletop games, video games, any kind of games. Tell us more. Yeah, totally. I also had that um, experience of like always choosing the male option. Mm-hmm. Like in Animal Crossing, I was the the boy, I was the little boy avatar, and I would yeah have like cool spiky hair and that sort of thing. Yeah, and creating characters for other text sort of text based games. Yeah, a, a name that I often used was Marcus, and that couldn't be my. I didn't want that to be my now name because my dad's name is Mark, so that would have been weird. But I don't know, Mark I just like Jr. that name. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But yeah, always, yeah, choosing characters that kind of looked like me, but with a beard and short hair, or they have a really muscly, always the, yeah, the kind of more masculine options. And at the time, that just was what felt comfortable. Like, I also used to write stories in high school kind of thing, and I would always write from a male point of view. And at the time, it wasn't even really conscious. It wasn't a conscious decision. It was just like, what's comfortable? It just felt obvious to me, like in the same way that picking up a pencil with my right hand is obvious. It's just comfortable. Picking the male character or writing from a male perspective was just comfortable and obvious. So it's only now looking back that I can see that I was, that was, yeah, me playing in my agenda. But yeah, more recently, and now that I'm more aware and actively exploring these fields, yeah, exploring characters who present maybe differently than I do, maybe a little bit more femininely. Yeah, wearing skirts and that sort of thing to see, to picture myself like that and have other people interact with the fictional me like that and see how it feels, which can be really great. And inevitably, when you create a character for a game, some part of you does come out, even if it's not you, there's some part of you that inevitably comes out, which is always really fun to explore. Yeah, and I remember in, like, the one video game I have played is Dragon Age Inquisition. And by that time, I was out as trans when I was playing this game. But I think um, still grappling with my sexuality. And, yeah, I went and... So you can romance... There's a bunch of romance options. I played a male character, but there are two male characters in Dragon Age Inquisition who you can romance as a male protagonist. And yeah, they have like flirty lines or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I was like feeling things. And I was like, hang on a sec. I thought I was straight. And yeah, yeah, leaning into that and seeking out these characters to have more interactions and see what that felt like to flirt with a man in in a video game and see how that felt. And yeah, yeah, sit with that feeling like, oh, what is this feeling? Is there some discomfort here? Is there some like joy? Am I enjoying this? And yeah, using that to then using that, that felt, I think, more safe or accessible to explore it in a fictional world and then go to how I was reacting, looking at like actors on TV or scrolling through Instagram or whatever, and then sitting with those feelings and being like, okay, these are the same feelings here that I was feeling from the game. And then, yeah, helping me land my sexuality that way. So games can be a really great platform to feel safe to explore these kinds of things because it feels like you're, you're distant. You have that sort of a safe distance There's from like real world consequences. You can feel like you can explore more in through games, which is really valuable. 
My heart is so warm. I just love it. I love it all. <sighs> Let's see. What else? Game recommendations for people exploring their own gender and sexuality. Yes. Ooh. Okay, so here we go. It's like you have a huge, any a huge resource list. I'm so excited. Yeah, and there's a lot of great... So these are just a, a handful of recommendations. But on itch, there are often collections of games that people curate under these headings. Gay games, lesbian games. You can search these, these sorts of terms and tags. And yeah, any game that is tagged with those words will come up. So that's really great if you just want to search yourself. But some standouts. So we've got Monster Hearts 2 by Avery Older, which is quite a well-known game in the indie sphere. It's uh, you play sort of monstrous teenagers and a lot of their monstrous nature is a metaphor for how they're dealing with queerness, be it gender or sexuality or something else. And yeah, they've got really interesting mechanics around relationships and how people can use relationships to, to hurt or to help each other. It's super queer and yeah, it can be a great like it's expected that there'll be lots of messy relationships with anyone of any gender. So yeah, it, it feels like a really great, it like invites queerness basically. So if you're going to play that game, it's, it's probably going to be queer. So that's great. Be Gay Do Crimes by Evan Saft. It's in the name, Be Gay Do Crimes. Yeah, it's a game about being dramatic, dramatic disaster, disaster. It's a one page, I'm pretty sure it's a one pager. Oh, I have um, such a great chaotic group that would love to play that. <laughs> Yeah, it's Just... really great. Yeah, and like the two stats are gay and criminal. Like that's, really? you're, you're either gay or you're criminal. It's really great. And there's a system about having crushes or squishes on other characters just to drive up the disaster gayness. It's good fun. So those are, yeah, around sexuality. One good one for gender is Dream Askew, also by Avery Older, which is set in the future in a kind of a post-apocalyptic kind of world and it's about a community and how that community survives together and when you create your character it has this future in this future gender has exploded gender is whatever and the options that you can give some of the gender options which are really great my favorites include dagger daddy void and goddess and that's your gender nice. i feel like void speaks to a lot of people and or you can just like yeah write your own which is great so yeah, gender has exploded in the, in this future in the game Dream Askew. And so, yeah, just invites queerness and that just being really natural, which is great. And finally, this one's just, like, really fun. I've not played it, but it sounds really fun. It's called No Love's Land by Adira Slattery, which is a game of girlfriend robots across a battlefield. Maybe on the moon? My brain assumes it's on the moon, but I don't know why. But the mechanics have you throwing scrunched up balls of paper at each other. In real life. Which is just like, who, yeah, in real life. Yeah, you hide behind couches and you throw paper at each other. And if you look at each other, things happen. And you get like closer and you write notes on the paper. Yeah, like, it's adorable. Like throwing paper at people. Who would have thought of that as a mechanic for a LARP tabletop game? That's amazing. Those Those are my, those are some of my recommendations but i have a lot more if you're just like at home one day being hmm, i would like to play a queer tabletop game just at me on twitter and be like logan i want to oh yeah we got this you saw this i don't actually know what you're, you're this way the other way yeah but yes it's so great we played six whole episodes of this game and it was so gay 
all also all of us were like super ace except for my character so we played like ace thirsty sword lesbians the what if not thirsty was our version but it was great we we're just in space like doing whatever we wanted and nice. there are no races in the character creation so we avoided the whole racism issue that you find indeed mm -hmm. in some of the other more rules heavy things yes so the one piece of oppression that still exists in ideal space future is student debt <laughs> i love that taylor dnd <laughs> hydrated lesbians that's right hey taylor perfect yeah so taylor wrote this vineyard will be our salvation the game that i recommended before yes Go follow them on twitter they are super cool they write uh, great games taylor ran downstairs to tell taylor's partner that you shouted taylor's game out on stream i don't know taylor's pronouns <laughs> please tell me uh, they pronouns, everyone Mine are also they, yeah. them. Taylor's great. Yeah, but yeah, if you're like at home wanting a queer game and you don't feel like searching, it's at me on Twitter and I'll spit out a random queer game at you. <laughs> I love that. So side note, Logan, are you, remind me, are you in the Knights of the Bantam Discord server? I don't think so, no. Okay. So the Knights of the Bantam are a leftist socialist LLC of tabletop role-playing peoples and they have a whole team doing production and they have like regular meetings where they organize things so they're very organized which I appreciate and I am lovingly encouraging them to move further and further away from D and do more and more like indie and LGBTQ plus made BIPOC made games and I'm moving most or all, I haven't decided, of my tabletop production streams over to their channel. So I'll still be like producing tabletop, but it will be in partnership with them because then I don't have to manage the post-production, what do you do with this content now that it's made situation, which is just, it's, I just don't have time <laughs> doing so many things. But the invite to their Discord and their link tree is there in the chat, and I can also put that in the show notes. But it's it would be lovely to have you in there, and if you wanted to run a game once in a while, or even just say, hey, here's my list of cool indie games that are trans and BIPOC friendly and doesn't have fighting or whatever else if you want to share some of those resources that is a big community of people that would really super love for you to expound upon your wisdomousness forever True. <laughs> yeah um, and there's yeah I'm trying to widen my repertoire games wise around like identities that I don't share so there's a lot of great games by indigenous creators yeah this vineyard will be our salvation is one and then there's a lot of great games around being ace which is really cool to explore yeah what that means and there are games that are by ace people like by people of this identity for that identity and then also games made by folks of that identity for people who don't share that identity to share and be like this is what my experience is like so yeah pretty much any it's really indie games are a really great way to feel seen because there's just so much out there and there are a lot of amazing creators who are just creating really great games. Yeah. That can just really speak to a lot of people. It's true. I'm adding thirsty sword lesbians to the show notes. Oh, Pile yeah, of, I'm... of awesome yet. Is that up on VOD? Yeah. Thirsty sword lesbians. I need to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can. Yeah. So we have six episodes on YouTube. Our show is called rainbow hyperdrive. This command might be a little old, but there's the link to our YouTube channel. So we have six episodes. That show has gone on indefinite hiatus. The GM had life happen and needed to be done. 
for now at least but it's so great we have a space amoeba and i'm playing a cat folk like a lion person of course i am and it's yeah it's just generally a lovely fun good time um nice yeah i'm getting a game together with some of my housemates and extended folks to play thirsty sword lesbians and we're going to be pirates sky pirates in a post-apocalyptic plant tech future I love that. We've got a we've got a nice home game going right now that I hope one day we will be able to bring the story and the setting to to Twitch, but we gotta finish learning the system and all of that. And getting used all to right. it all. But it's very it's cool. I like the space pirates. Future space things are always fun. Yeah. Okay. So here is a question from Juliet and Maddie. They ask, what's the game? that you'd love to make that you haven't made yet yeah so i'm working on an i've got a thing where you start making a game and then you have an idea for another game so you start making that game i used to be really good at not doing that and just working at one thing on it at a time and then suddenly i wasn't and i'm like juggling five games but one game that i've been working on for a while kind of bubbling in the background is it's a tabletop game that is also my autobiography which is really exciting and it's been really great to write it's at the moment it's gonna evolve and change as i do it's based on it's got some elements of no dice no masters games which means it uses tokens to drive the story so you in the autobiography which i've just called logan at the moment you gain tokens for doing things like self-care and you spend tokens to do things that are like emotionally or physically draining and they're connected to moves which are things that I've done in my life or small events have been significant like coming out to your family costs a token and then singing in the shower you gain a token stuff like that it's Um, like spoon theory the tabletop game but also trans (laughs) it is yeah Yeah. (laughs) trans spoon theory um, yeah yeah, so it's quite personal in that, yeah, each move has different outcomes. There's the best best outcomes with the rolling two D6 plus a stat. There's like a total success, a partial success, and a fail. And yeah, when I've rolled those moves in real life, the truth is in there somewhere in that, in that move. And then the other options are what could have happened. So it's really interesting for me to look back over my life and think, oh, how could my life be different if these small things had changed? And also to, I'm telling people a lot about myself, but it's hidden because you don't know which of the stuff that I'm telling you is true, Mm. which is interesting. And I guess the idea of of the game, how you would play it is you would go from the start and make a, a Logan and run him through these moves and have him live a life and then come out the end with a Logan and then compare him to me now and see how does my life end up in your hands. So, yeah, it's it's also one of those games that I also consider it a lyric game. The lyric games are games that kind of push the boundaries of what a game is and really dive into the notion of games as art. So a way that you can play Logan, the autobiographical type tabletop game, is just by reading it. And that is a valid way to play. And I guess the invitation is to read through these moves of my life, consider 
what my life has been like and what it could be like and in return what your own life has been like and if you were to do this exercise of making a game out of it how could your life have been different and for me at least it's been an exercise in being grateful for where i am and yeah there's like some tough stuff in there there is one move that deals with self-harm and acknowledging that yeah things can be really tough but then moving through this game this autobiography being really grateful for where i am now so yeah it's a lot of different things it's still not finished and i would love to finish that game juliet and maddie i've not finished it yet but i would love to (laughs) so if we're listening to this in the future and we want to run and go look and see has logan put the game somewhere do we go look on your hio page and if so what is the what's the name we go search over there over there you would search breathingstories.itch.io that is my itch store and that's where my autobiography will be if and when it's done (laughs) in the meantime there's a lot of other games there that you can explore if you want to i love it awesome i'll put that in the notes too so great do you want to tell us about some of the other games that you have in here yeah sure so yeah as i mentioned before you start making your first game and you're not so proud of it and then you get to the you keep going and going and you make games that you're really proud of so i started making games in 2019 and yeah i'm still going now and so my most recent game is called if you're lost you can look and you will find me time after time you can just call it time after time for sure and yeah i'm really quite proud of that game it is a two-player game based on the carter system by cat mcdonald who put up a uh, system reference document for Carter so that you can make your own games using the same system, which is really awesome. So I made Time After Time. The premise is that you are two lovers separated across time, trying to reach each other, battling with yeah time itself to try and be together. And you are, as you're doing this, you're living your relationship out of order. So you'll experience your first date and then you'll experience you've been living together for three years and you're sitting on the couch and then you'll experience the first time you ever met. And then, yeah, it's really, yeah, it just uses cards and questions. There's no dice involved. And I played it with my partner and my partner has played it with her partner and some other folks have been playing it as well. And my, my partner, my, my polycule, we played it as ourselves rather than fictional characters. Mm-hmm. And again, for us, it was an exercise in being really grateful for each other and yeah, looking over our relationship and dreaming into the future. Some of the prompts are set in the past and some are sort of present and some are in the future. And yeah, we all just felt really soft and grateful and loving towards each other. And I cried a little bit and it was great. No. Yeah, it's just a really soft game to explore your relationship with someone that you love. So if you have someone that you love, someone that you want to love, I recommend you play um, this game. And bring this, tissues. <laughs> this could this could be like a super cute way for someone to ask somebody out, like, "Hey, do you want to play this game with me?" It's I'm not gonna lie, it's intense. Like, have you it, met it, lesbians? It's a, it's a <laughs> Insert you whole joke show. here. <laughs> oh, <fun>. delightful. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm quite. Yeah, that's quite a feel feels heavy game, which is what I like. I like exploring games that make me feel things. I have to check out High Name. I'm Dad. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> name I'm Dad. That is a business card game. Again, for another jam was the business, the pleasure, not business card jam. 
So jams, again, are a really great way to get inspiration to make games. But yeah, it's a game. It's on a business card. And yeah, it's just a bit of fun, really. It's, I don't know, do you, do you want to play it with me right now, Miasta? Sure. Okay. Sorry, I have to get the, I have to get the game up to make sure that I'm... So first, the idea is that you, you would bump into someone at a con or something. And so to start playing the game, Meowster, you have to introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Meowster. Meowster, I'm Dad. And then the card says, while they're confused, roll a d6. So I have to roll a d6. I'm just going to use the internet to do that. I don't have my, I'm at my partner's house, so I don't have my dice next to me, which is usually right on my desk. Okay. Dad. What'd you okay. get? Okay. So on a roll of a five, I rolled a five. On a roll of a five, I say, I ask, how can I support you? How can I support you, Mia? You're already doing a great job. You're telling me all this stuff about what it's like being a, a trans man or transmasculine person, and I'm further behind on that journey than you are. So you're giving me hope for the future. It's pretty cool. Did I break your game? <laughs> By saying you're already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we broke the video feed for a second. <laughs> oh, okay. You're back. <laughs> Duh. Okay, how yes, can you so... support me? You can tell me a story of belonging. Story of belonging. Okay. My mind immediately goes to... So my metamorph runs a nature, nature connection camp, like a holiday program for families. And yeah, families come with their kids and go camping for five or six days in basically a forest kind of landscape and uh, my partner and my metamorph they've been like they've been running these camps for six or seven years maybe and I went for the first time this year since mm. being in relationship with my partner and the two of them were like oh yeah it's a really great community it feel, really feels like a family kind of thing and I was like oh yeah I've been doing this for years I'm sure it feels that way for them I'm gonna I assumed I would feel on the outside for a while but yeah no stepping in like everyone was just so friendly and helping each other and like there's a lot of queer folks there and just families and there's this one kid who she came up to me and recognized that I was new and just started talking to me right away oh hi is this your first camp or what are you doing or what do you like to do I'm this my name's this and I like to do this and uh, do you like this thing about camping and have you got your knife license and just immediately welcomed me in and everyone was just yeah so friendly and everyone eats the same um, dinner, like they have vegetarian and like no garlic options and things. But yeah, everyone eats together and we sit under this like huge tent and um, eat together. And then there's story catching where the kids are invited to tell stories about their day and some of the adults too. And then one of the leads will get up and tell like a dream time story. And then we sing together. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was just really lovely and it felt very connected to the people and to the land as well. And yeah, there was just a really great sense of connection and belonging there in that. But like the camp was like six days and yeah, within two, three days felt very connected, which was very lovely. That's a very short period of time, but yeah, it felt belonging very quickly. It's very nice. I love that. Some of my favorite experiences have been camping with friendly witches in the woods. Ooh. <laughs> like favorite experiences of all time. 
Oh, I'm not going to get too much more specific than that because I don't want to dox myself, but I can tell you privately if you are interested. But yeah, I love, I love time in nature, in community, sharing meals, sharing stories around a fire, dancing, singing, having that time together and unplugging from all the computer tech internet things and just like mm -hmm. really breathing the air and just being present. And it's, I always feel way better after I've had that time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's just like a, a refresh or a cleanse or something. It's very, I agree. One of the things I told my wife when we were thinking like, Oh, we might actually be able to go camping or something. Like when summer, when summer was a couple months away, I was like, okay, honey, the one thing I want to make sure we do this summer is go camping. And because where I am, it's, we're coming towards summer, not winter. And we went to schedule and like almost everything is booked. So if we go, we're going to have to go on a weekday, which will be fine. I will just have to tell everyone on stream. I love you. Goodbye. I'm going to go be in the trees and see you in a couple days, but it's really a lovely experience. So thank you for bringing that sense memory to me. Because <laughs> it's so good. Yay. Bah. Big hearts. Is that the whole game? Is that your Yeah, there's, you roll a d6, and so there are six different options, six, six different ways that I could have interacted with you. Yeah. But they're all... Yeah, the tagline of the game is how to be a good dad, which is... Or, or a dad friend. Which is to basically just care for the other person. So it's six different ways to care for whoever you're interacting with. That You're like being an example yeah. of like positive, healthy masculinity in the world. So... So yeah. sweet and cute. I think I'm crying again. It's fine. I'm allowed to cry though. So cute. Yeah, my journey with masculinity has been a whole thing. Like from doing it as a comfort kind of thing as a kid, like wearing shorts and t-shirt and that kind of thing, to then, yeah, almost like when I first came out, it was suddenly kind of like policed a lot more by my parents and family. Like I'd always worn shorts and t-shirt and then suddenly wanting to wear that to school after school had finished was like suddenly not okay like I had mm -hmm. to stay in my school uniform which was a dress and like for a long time my my brother had called me bro like before I was out just as like slang and then when after I did come out and he would call me bro then it was like not okay so I felt like my masculinity was very policed at that point yeah and then coming out and then being able to start physical medical transition I felt like I had to present in a very specific way to be taken seriously. Like my hair now is a bit on the long, longish side compared to Meowster's maybe. And, but I, th I felt like, and I like it this kind of length, but at the time I felt like I had to have very short hair about Meowster's or even shorter to be taken seriously as, as a masculine person. And I had mm. to act in a certain way and I had to man spread and all this sort of thing. So I felt like my masculinity was again, I was releasing my own masculinity mm. in that point to try and be really trans or that sort of thing. And then, yeah, I think mainly focus around passing and yeah. wanting other people to read me as male. And then now that I'm, I'm very grateful that I've been able to go on testosterone and my body takes to it quite well. So I do have a beard and a deep voice and all this sort of thing. I've been able to, what I, I like to go masculinity shopping and take what I like and leave what I don't. And yeah, that's been really great to just really examine what society of men and be like actually no I don't want to do that I don't want to be that I'm an actor and be very comfortable in the knowledge that I'm, that doesn't make me not a man and yeah like I said I like 
flowers and being soft and talking about my feelings and these are all typically feminine things but I do them and I'm a man and it's great (laughs) I love that you're expanding the gender expression pool opportunities for yourself because you feel solid in your identity Mm. because identity and expression are two totally completely different things 100% I love that I have a story that's tangentially related to this and so at that witchy camp thing we had our one of our rituals one of the evenings one of the years and a trans man friend of mine was there and said in ritual to all of these like eco-feminist anarchist witches (laughs) like a bunch of lgbtq witches i'm insert name here and i'm your dad And so, like, for the whole ritual, this friend just stood in as everyone's dad, and they all got to come up and talk to this friend about anything they wish they could have said to their dad, and this friend offered dad hugs to everyone, and so, on the one hand, it was, like, super affirming for this friend, because he got to give dad hugs to everyone as a trans man, and everyone else was like, oh, the dad feels, and it was just, oh, there was so much crying, it was so beautiful. It's so, Mm. like, there, there was such a need for nurturing soft masculinity in the world there's such a great need for it and i love that both of us get to be that's so great lucky us (laughs) it's like we won the gender lottery (laughs) yeah i feel like i won the gender lottery i'm having a great time with my gender yay duh okay i have two questions left and i want to reshape this next one a little bit can you share a moment of gender euphoria but i'm thinking like what would that look like now with your more expansive gender identity? Gender expression um, is actually what I meant to say. Yeah. Like what gives you euphoria mm, I today? I still get, gives me euphoria today. I still quite like seeing myself in the mirror when I've, especially after I've shaped my beard, how I like with this like little, I shave a little line here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it really works for me. And usually this is all clear. But yeah, like fresh after that shave. I know I I like how it makes my face look. And that feels like, hey, I've got a beard. Look, it's doing things on my face. That's very fun and exciting. I also quite like being shirtless now that um, I feel comfortable too. I've had top surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I can also talk about more if we like. But yeah, just being able to do that really casually. And just, oh, I forgot my shirt in my bedroom. I can just walk from the bathroom to my bedroom. Just, yeah, really chill. Like small moments like that. I feel like there's certain outfits as well that make me feel gender euphoria. I haven't experimented with skirts yet. Um, hoping to go on a polycule date where my partner, who knows good things about clothes, will help me and my metamorph to find clothes that we like. That'd be super cute. So I don't know how that's going to interact with my gender and euphoria. But yeah, there's like certain outfits that I like that really make me feel... Yeah, euphoric. Yeah. Whenever I get a good haircut, that's one of the moments I feel the most euphoria right now. Because I am, like, still pretty newly on HRT and haven't had proper top surgery. I had the reduction, so I know what it's like. I know the pain and the all the disability that you have for a little while and all of that. But there's still some shapes happening on my chest that I don't prefer at this point but definitely like the haircut and just seeing my face with the sharp like the sides are definitely short yeah oh it's so good i love a good haircut mm, haircuts can do wonders <laughs> yeah like if you have 
uh, transmasculine person in your life, one of the best presents you can give to them is like a haircut pack. That's actually something my wife did two holidays ago, and it was just the best thing ever. I was handsome for a whole year. It was the best. <laughs> it's I gift you handsomeness. <laughs> it's a present. Transomeness. Transomeness. Yes. Hashtag transom. <laughs> I love it so much. Ugh. What a lovely conversation. My heart is so warm and full. Are there any other resources you want to make sure people are aware of? We've talked about all kinds of wonderful things, and I've done my, my best to take notes, but is there anything else you can think of? It doesn't have to be tabletop-related. Any? Okay, I did think of one specific resource question. So the other day I met a parent of a 12-year-old trans boy in Australia. Can you believe it? Just on the internet. Yeah. It happened. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you, parent. <laughs> It actually inspired me saying, Mom, can we do a talk show? Because we need to talk about this. And I need, like, a thing to send to those parents so they can have a thing for them. But I was doing some very cursory research. I found, like, PFLAG Australia, but that's all I've got. Do you have any other suggestions about, like, Australian resources for trans people more specifically? Can you? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't prepare you for this question, so maybe it's, like, <laughs> but... Going off the top of my head. Yeah, funny that you mentioned interviews with trans folks and their parents, because there is a Australian Jewish non-binary author who a while ago, earlier in their transition, did a video with them, and they've just recently done another one, I think seven years later, with okay. them, yeah, talking about yeah transition and what that was like. So their name is Nevojishin, and they put that up on their YouTube, I believe, and I can type out the name for you because they've also written some books that are really great actually they wrote an autobiography called finding neville like finding nemo but neville and which i read and was really good and yeah expanded my knowledge about what it means to be non-binary because my experience is quite binary mm-hmm. that's really great and they've also released another book the pronoun lowdown which is all about yeah pronouns which can be a great resource as well look them up yeah in their video for queer and gender diverse australians there is minus 18 mainly melbourne based yeah a lot of my knowledge is largely melbourne based but minus 18 is a queer peer-led organization that runs a lot of events i'm not sure how it's looking given the current pandemic situation but they've done a lot of great things why gender is another letter Y and then the word gender, specifically around trans folks. And that group was really helpful to me when I was first coming out, when I was struggling in high school as well. They had other, yeah, events to just, yeah, a lot of like discussion-based events. And there were older trans folks there. I remember there was one guy who, and he was like 30 or something. And even just to see a trans man in his 30s when I was 17, 18, and be like, you can be trans and be 30. You can be an adult and you can make it to that age and you can, you can have a life and be trans and be great and fine, actually. It was just so valuable for me to see that there are trans adults out there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, I did a lot of looking at YouTubers. Jamie Dodger is one that is still making content. His name's Jamie. Jamie Dodger, I can also spell these things out so you can find links. Who else? I watched a lot of Alex Bertie. He's not really making much stuff anymore. But yeah, there's a lot of YouTube I've found is really great. 
a really great place to find other people like you um, and find people who aren't. It's finding um, out what you're not is also helpful in saying, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not this, but that can lead you down another path. That can be really helpful as well. I love that. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I hope we keep having conversations here and there as friends. I feel so, like, joyous and grateful that we had this time together today. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed chatting. So for the viewers that maybe have joined since the beginning of stream, is there anything else you would like to share or promote or invite with the the things that you're doing? We will have all of these wonderful notes for folks later, but do you have anything coming up you want to make sure we know about or anything? I'm working on a lot of things, but they're all, yeah, this is a lot happening that I'm doing. So basically just follow me on Twitter if you want to keep abreast of what I'm up to. Yeah. One thing I will mention actually is currently there is there's some great bundles on itch. So bundles are where a bunch of different creators often get together and put their games in a bundle at a discount. And there are charity bundles, so where all the funds goes to a charity. So there is a bundle coming up that is raising funds to send to folks the suffering in Palestine. And there's another one that I've joined as well that is uh, raising money for people struggling with homelessness. So I can grab you those links. Awesome. Great. We have a final question from Trans Capybara. And if you don't mm-hmm. want to answer, you don't have to. But the the question is, how did you get all of the facial hair? What are some good techniques to get it to grow thick like that? Yeah, look, a lot of it just comes down to genes. There are some folks I know who I've seen who use minoxidil, which is typically to minoxidil is to help with baldness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just, I'm just blessed with hairy ancestors. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, it just comes down to person. Like I'm ha- hairier than any of my, my any of my brothers. Comes down to genes, really. This took a quite a while to grow in. This was, I'm about, I'm almost five years on testosterone now. And it wasn't till maybe the three three and a half year mark that I could properly fill in the sides. For a long time, I just had the moustache and like the goatee, not connected mm-hmm. combo. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, around three and a half years, then it could start. This was always really patchy mm-hmm. in the sides, but it started to actually probably go in about three and a half years. So it's just, yeah, obviously good things like eat good food, sleep right, take care of your body so it can do all of these things. But yeah, a lot of it just comes down to your genes. A good thing to do is, yeah, look at your cis male relatives yeah parents or siblings and that can often be a fairly good indicator but again yeah i'm hairier than my brothers and my dad shaves so it's hard to tell (laughs) yeah my dad does not shave and he's got even more beard than you do so i think there's hope so he in the winter he'll grow like a fisher person's beard because he goes out on his boat and does silly things. And why wear a scarf when you can grow one? That's his, <laughs> that's his theory. <laughs> if you've got some stuff after a couple of months, it's looking mm-hmm. pretty strong. But yeah, just, yeah. Also, like, just be patient with your body. Your body's, yeah, going through puberty, your second puberty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and that goes for anyone. Like, yeah. People, like, when I was first on testosterone, I was like, yes. I want deep voice now. I want beard now. I want this now. And yeah, it takes time for these changes to come through. But they will happen. 
Yeah, depending on your genes. Yeah, just take care of you and your body will do its thing. Do you have any other advice for people at the beginning of their sort of medical trans journey? Start of your medical transition. Yeah, it can be tough. There's a lot of, at least for me, there'd been a lot of like hoops you have to jump through, but don't be afraid to ask lots of questions. Yeah, of professionals or other people who've traveled the sort of similar path that you would like to. Yeah, just ask lots of questions. A lot of people are happy to answer them and help people up on, on their way. And the professionals, yeah, like they're expecting all of these questions. And they've done this a bunch of times before, so they'll have the answers. Yeah. And just, yeah, just take care of you is my biggest advice. Sometimes that can be hard. Or it can, it can feel hard to do. But it's also so important. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for being a guest. I appreciate your time and your energy and your wholesomeness. And I look forward to digging through your game library on itch and hello, I'm dad. Yes. It's really cool. So we will, we will say good night for the podcast or good morning if you're in Australia. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really great chat. I've really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Totally. Thank you.